Good evening. Uh, tonight, I want to talk about something that we all need to be careful with. And the subject is drifting. Now, if you've ever been on a river and you've been trying to uh, go upstream, you know if you don't make an effort, you're going to drift downstream. And this is um, something that NASCAR drivers do regularly, um, but it's uh, for a different reason. They, d they drift around the turn, and a lot of them are used to racing on dirt tracks, and they're very good at it. But this is not something that a Christian wants to be good at, drifting. We're going to be looking at the danger in drifting in the spiritual realm instead of the physical realm. Now Hebrews 2.1 is my text. Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 1. Therefore we must give the more earnest heed to the things we have heard, lest we drift away. Unfortunately, it's not an uncommon thing for Christians to drift away. And so tonight, I want to ask you the question, are you drifting? More importantly, would you know it if you were? The fact that you're here tonight is a good indication that you're probably not. If you look around, we're kind of low in numbers. There are so many other things you can do on a Sunday night, and I think a lot of people have chosen to do that. But with this lesson, I hope to get you just to examine your lives a little bit regarding the danger of drifting. And we're going to have three points here. Uh, the first is the things we should know about drifting. The second is common signs of drifting. And the third, remedies against drifting. Well, we know that drifting requires absolutely no effort. That's what is the unfortunate part about it. In a boat, if you just stop rowing and you're going upstream, you're just going to go downstream very easily. And the same thing is true for Christians. Hence, from the verse we just read, we must give the more earnest heed. It's an unconscious process. The undercurrents in a boat, of course, will take you downstream and you will drift. If you're in a plane, if you ignore gravity or the wind, those things have to be considered in flying. But if you're unaware of those, you're going to drift off course. And a similar thing is true in the spiritual realm. Many individual Christians have very slowly drifted away. A very sad thing. They slowly start filling their lives with worldly things. It's an easy thing to do. Unfortunately, many churches have begun drifting away. 
They allow false doctrine to sneak in. And they don't nip it in the bud. Instead, they just ignore the problem and hope it'll go away. In our situation here, we have to be very careful with that. We don't have elders and we don't have a preacher. So we have to constantly be on guard for that. We never drift upstream. You think about that. It's physically impossible. You never drift against the tide if you're in a larger boat and out on the ocean. And faithfulness, faithfulness to the Lord is very much like rowing upstream. Christianity is not an easy life. You must constantly be adding to your faith. You have to make an effort to be a good Christian, don't you? It's just something you have to do. You've seen that Geico commercial, right? It's just what you do. If you're a Christian, you know it's not going to be an easy life. But the end result makes it all worth it. Second Peter chapter 1 and verse 5. 2 Peter 1 verse 5. But also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. You must continue to grow to avoid drifting. 2 Peter 3.18 But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The moment you stop growing, you start drifting. And we know that the speed downstream increases. So the danger increases as our speed increases. When we can hear the noise of the waterfall, it's too late. As we move further and further from the Lord, unfortunately, we care less and less about the situation. We see so much of that. And unfortunately, drifting is dangerous to others. If it were only us, it wouldn't be so serious. But it's others. If a ship's drifting on the sea, of course, it's a hazard to everyone. Someone's going to run into it. When we allow, allow ourselves to drift away from God, we become essentially a worker for Satan. We can lead other people to drift with us. Good example of this is in Galatians 2.11, the Apostle Peter. Galatians 2.11. Now when Peter had come to Antioch, I withstood him to his face because he was to be blamed. For before certain men came from James, he would eat with the Gentiles. 
But when they came, he withdrew and separated himself, fearing those who were of the circumcision. And the rest of the Jews also played the hypocrite with him, so that even Barnabas was carried away with their hypocrisy. So you have to be careful not to take anyone with you. This is very important, very important for parents. You need to have your children here for Bible study. Parents who are drifting lose golden opportunities. Golden opportunities to teach their children. Ephesians 6, 4. And ye fathers, provoke not your children in wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And of course, we know that for a ship, drifting will ultimately, lend, will ultimately lead to a shipwreck. For those who drift spiritually, through their own neglect, the end result will be punishment. We're told in Hebrews 1, if we go back and read some of the other verses there associated with that scripture, in verse 2, for if the Lord, if, for if the word spoken through angels proved steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just reward, how will we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? Which is the first, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed to us by those who heard him. So the danger of drifting is very real. So I ask you again, are you drifting? So our second point, common signs of drifting. Well, the first is diminishing desire to study God's word. Diminishing desire to pray. We know that the Bible is a unique book. It's an excellent source of information not found anywhere else. Without God's word, how would we survive? How would we know our origin, our purpose, and our destiny? And of course it tells us of the consequences and how God will save us from sin if we'll just let him. And it provides direction for us to live happy lives. Psalms 1.1 tells us, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the paths of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his, in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. So when you lose sight of God and the desire to study his word, you're drifting. 
You have to communicate with God through prayer. When you don't do that, you're drifting. We know that Jesus told us in Luke 18.1, then he spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray and not lose heart. When a Christian prays less, he is drifting more and more. Also, sign of drifting is a diminished desire to be with God's people. This includes attending the worship services. Everyone should have the attitude of the psalmist. Psalm 122, verse 1. I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. If we no longer rejoice in the worship of God with our brethren, then we're drifting. Paul told us in Romans 14, 19, Therefore let us pursue the things which make for peace and the things by which one may edify another. Well, this type of edification should occur daily. Hebrews 3.13 Exhort one another daily while it is called today lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. So it's important for us to have good Christian friends. If you allow yourself to get, up, to get caught up with the wrong kind of people, another sign of drifting, then this will be harmful, harmful for you. 1 Corinthians 15, 33. Be not deceived. Evil company corrupts bad habits, good habits. If it corrupted bad habits, it would be a good thing. <laughs> but it's the other way around. Evil company corrupts good habits. So if you prefer the companionship of the world rather than Christians, that's another sign you're drifting. We have to be careful. And of course, the diminished desire to share the gospel with others. When you first become a Christian, you're on fire. You realize the blessing that you have and you want to share it with everyone. That's a good thing. But when a Christian no longer has the desire to tell people about God and how he was saved through him, then you're drifting. And if you have increased desires for the world, you're drifting. 1 John 2.15 tells us about this. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. Of course, Paul, you remember, warned Timothy. In 2 Timothy 3.14, that 
There would be some who would be lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. So the third point, remedies against drifting. So how do we prevent it? Well, in a boat, you keep rowing. So we need to strive with all diligence to grow, to grow in our faith. We're told to increase our faith daily. 2 Peter 1, 5. But also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, and so forth. There is no place for retirement in living a Christian life. You just can't do that. Remember Paul. You have to be faithful unto death. 2 Timothy 4, 7, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Another remedy or prevention, watch out for undercurrents. We've got to watch out for temptation. Peter tells us, be sober, vigilant, vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. So Peter goes on to tell us exactly how to watch out for this. In verse 9 of chapter 5, resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. So we're not alone. That's why it's so important to be around other Christians and to be at the surfaces. Another way is to expect to go against the tide. You can't expect it to be easy, can you? If it were easy, these pews would be full. But it's not easy to be here, is it? So there are many things that sweep us away. Popularity, peer pressure, the praise of others, humanism, denominationalism. There are false doctrines of every kind. Liberalism, worldliness. So if one drifts along with the majority, he certainly is going to be lost. Because we know from Matthew 7, 13, enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and there are many who go in by it. Because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life, and there are few who find it. And we know we must have a strong anchor. It's not an easy thing to prevent drifting in a boat. If you've got an anchor, a strong anchor, in a storm, you'll be grounded. So we've got to be rooted and grounded in Christ. Colossians 2.6 As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. 
So your mind has to be anchored with the truth. Ephesians 4.14, we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine. By the trickery of men, the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love and grow up in all things into him who is the head. Hebrews 6.18 Then we'll have our message. That by two immutable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we might have strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold of the hope set before us, the hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which enters the presence behind the veil. So the verses teach us that if we will remain anchored in Jesus, we can know that we possess the unshakable hope of having heaven as our home. So, are we drifting? We know this is a very real danger. It would be foolish to say it isn't. And we know, we personally know, many Christians who have drifted away from the Lord. And it will be arrogant for us to say that it couldn't happen to us. So, in review, the signs of drifting. Your desire to study God's word, is it demanding?